Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. We are into week 17. Usually nobody's playing this week. But yeah, right, isn't that weird, Jamie? I haven't quite adjusted yet. Uh, yeah, I, I think it was fun to see some people how they were complaining about, um, oh, if my championship was week 16, <laughs> uh, you know, I would have had a, or, you know, week 15, week 16, I would have had a bye in week uh, 14, whatever it was, you know, just the, the schedule, how things have changed for people, and maybe maybe how it caused their their uh, their playoff hopes to you know change, but um, it is a little different. Yes, it's it's definitely a little strange to get used to. Yeah, and of course we're podcasting through the end of the season. If you play into week eighteen, we'll have basically a normal week. We'll probably spin it forward and talk a little more twenty twenty two and twenty twenty two season. Technically, will be twenty twenty two by then. And we have three off season episodes per week. Plus bonus podcasts when there when there's breaking news. Okay, we don't we don't leave you. So if you're a fantasy football junkie and you love it, we'll be talking to you three times per week during the off season. Now let's get to the waiver wire. And Dave should hopefully be joining us in just a little bit. We're waiting for him to join us in progress. Fingers crossed. Uh, congratulations to all of you for making your finals. Uh, and many of you on the strength of the Cowboys and Dolphins DSTs who just went berserk in week 16. Eagles too. Eagles too. Were they in that category? They scored, you know, they they got after quarterback quite a bit. Yeah, um, yeah, DSTs were good, and we got some good ones on the waiver wire this week. But really looking at these running backs, maybe Trey Lance. Tell me who are the top priorities this week. Well, um, pick your Eagles healthy running back back up to Miles Sanders. Um, if Jordan Howard plays, he's the best. Right now, he's hurt, so Boston Scott looks like the best. Uh, there's Dario Gumbawale, there's Rex Burkhead, there's some interesting flex options, you know, most likely uh, Derek Gore uh, falls into that category of just a flex option, you know, because he's the number two guy as of now for Kansas City. Um, the receivers are the more interesting plays because I think those guys can, can can be starters, but they're tied, almost all of them are tied to somebody else in some capacity. So Isaiah McKenzie's tied to Cole Beasley if he's out again, but it looks like he can return. Um, Alan Lazard is tied to MVS in terms of where his ceiling goes, I think. Um, KJ Osborne is tied to Adam Thielen, you know, so, but they're, guy, I mean, you know, if, if everybody's out around those guys, then they look like, you know, very good starting options for you. So, and Gerald Everett at tight end could be a starter too. Which tight, which Eagles running back would you put in a bid for first or a claim? I think you got to go just based on health right now and go with Boston Scott. They're both widely available. If they both play, who would you rank ahead? Howard. Yeah, he has been ahead of him on the depth chart, right? I mean, that's kind of how you see it. Right. You know, so it's, it, again, you're playing the, so the way that you, I think you want to hope it unfolds is that Howard is out and Scott plays. Because if Howard is out, Scott's going to get a lot of work. 
if Howard is in, they're going to split. I love this, man. I, I know, unfortunately, Jamie didn't have a chance to listen to the Monday episode yesterday. He was busy. But I did mention this. In the last eight games for the Eagles, when they decided we're just going to run the ball down people's throats every play, Eagles running backs, not Jalen Hurts, just the running backs, um, they are averaging 30 carries per game and five yards per carry. It's actually 30 and a half yards per game, 153 yards, 1.1 rushing touchdowns per game. So they're just so run heavy. Yes, they're facing a very good Washington run defense, but they just averaged over six yards per carry against they them. They 30 for 200 against them, the yeah. running back. It was some extenuating circumstances, a tough week for them, but also take a look at what, for Washington, take a look at what they did to the Saints, right? Yep. Yeah, I mean, so they run on everyone and they run a lot. It's really exciting. If you're, you know, like me in, in the podcast league, for example, my number two running back last week was Josh Kelly. So I'm going to get Boston Scott. I'm going to start him. It's going to be great. Even if Jordan Howard plays, you know, you, know, you have more fab than Heath. I have $4. He has two. Okay. So I, Way to manage your budget. Good job. I'm trying to figure out, though, if I can put a $2 bid on Sanders and still uh, on Scott and still get him because of priority. You're the lower seed, so you should be able to. And then I could put another two on a Goomba Wale and see what happens. <laughs> because if Heath doesn't put. I can tell you just from our uh, HQ show yesterday, he does not think highly of a Goomba Wale. Now, he may be picking him up to block you. Um, or he may just be picking him up out of need. I don't know what his team is, but he said he prefers Derek Gore over Agumawale. All right. Week. Yeah, I mean, he probably doesn't have to start either of them anyway. Are we talking about high-end starts here with these guys, or are we talking about flexes at best? I mean, if Boston Scott is by himself with Kenneth Gainwell, obviously, but without Jordan Howard, uh, he is a starter. Uh, Agumawale, Rex Burkhead, those guys are not starters for me. Like, the way I... I hate when I have to write things like this because, like, Especially when we're in a week like this, so yes, go pick up Dario Gumbawale, but don't start him. <laughs> you know, so it's <laughs> right. That's essentially where it is. Yeah, Gumbawale. I mean, it's you look, more. It's, yeah, it's more desperation stuff. I mean, their matchups are so bad. Who's? Gumbawale and Rex Burkhead. Oh, Burkhead. Yeah. So, Gumbawale's matchup. How bad is it though? The the Patriots. They're not a very good. They don't have a very good run defense, and they give up the. But it's such a bad team for Jacksonville. I mean. They're yeah. just gonna, yeah. You know, it's 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 Belichick against a rookie quarterback. It's in Foxborough after a loss. You know, I mean, so bad. Yeah, You're right. I mean, you could see just a horrible output from that offense. Yes, you want to talk about good DSTs for this week? I hope you save the Patriots. Yeah, I think there's something like 94 percent rostered. Take a look if anybody dropped them. Um, all right, so those are some of the top, top priorities. We'll just get into it with uh, a look at each position here. Um, but I'm, I mean, you look, if you have, you're starting a dolphins running backs, I know a lot of people ask me Gaskin or do like get away from that situation. Right. Yep. Uh, anything else come to mind? Like, uh, how we're, about the, you're starting a Goomba Wally or yeah, let's go with a Goomba Wally. Well, I'll just tell you. So this is my first run of rankings, which will change. And, and if you want to factor in the chiefs replacement, so I have Daryl Williams, one spot ahead of Boston Scott, both those guys ahead of Aaron Jones and Ezekiel Elliott right now. Ah. Um, so, you know, just to give you some indication of where I come out on this, Zeke may change, but, um, you know, if you're just looking at those guys with their opportunities, I think they're a little bit better standings. Um, now hold on let me, real quick. If Jordan Howard plays, would you start Zeke over the Eagles guys? Yes. And Aaron Jones over the Eagles. Yes. yes. Okay. Um, because again, I, I think it's going to be a little bit messy. And the thing that scares me about Howard, because, you know, stingers are always tricky, you know, and he's, he's shown you this. 
he gets hit, he goes out, who knows? Yeah. You know, so, you know, Scott's not a bad, they're both, I, I would have Howard probably as a low end starter and um, Scott still has a high flex. Uh, but I have them ahead of Cordero Patterson right now, ahead of uh, Michael Carter, for example. I don't love his matchup either. Um, what about the Broncos guys? Uh, so I have Williams and Scott ahead of Gordon, but I love Javante Williams this week. I mean, it's just really. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> what if it's Locke? I don't care. Because uh, that's how I felt last week, right? I mean, and their offense was just so inept. The char- yeah, you're you're saying this about the Chargers because of what Burkhead did. What everybody does. But they actually have been pretty good against the run. Yeah, you keep saying that, and then they just got run through by the Texans. This I mean, one time. Nah. <laughs> All right, listen, 8 yeah, o'clock. Without Bosa, you know, he's a part of their run defense, too. 8 o'clock uh, tonight. Join us right here, youtube.com slash today. Join us for a live stream. We'll answer your questions. Live Q&A at 8 p.m. Eastern, youtube.com slash today. If it's waiver wire, if it's starter sit, whatever you want. Dynasty, it'll be me, Heath, and Chris talking to you tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern. News and notes, we have uh, Clyde Edwards-Zeller. X-rays were negative. He has not officially been ruled out for this week. It's not expected that he's going to play. And Jarek McKinnon could return this week. Does that factor in at all? No. Miles Sanders with the broken hand. He's out this week. Jordan Howard, the stinger. Daryl Henderson is on IR, and Cam Akers could play this week. What do you make of that backfield? I think it's pretty uh, pretty exciting for Sony Michelle fantasy managers. Um, whether Akers plays or not, he's not going to play a lot. You know, I'm sure they'll just it, it give him uh, maybe a handful of snaps if he's out there. Uh, I would expect probably, though, Jake Funk to be the second guy. I just can't imagine that they're going to risk Cam Akers at any point now. You know, maybe they want to save him for the playoffs, but maybe they give him a, a carry or two. Um, and they just lost Sargent who was on their depth chart to the Jaguars who claimed him off their practice squad. And Adam Thielen left with that ankle injury. So right now we're looking at KJ Osborne. We'll see about Thielen's ankle. Devin Singletary. Uh, he's fine. He came back. Alan Robinson's coming back this week. Jimmy Garoppolo though, torn ligament and a fractured thumb, two injuries in that thumb facing Houston. Here's a fun stat for you. The Texans give up the fewest rushing yards to quarterbacks. They have faced Josh Allen. They have faced Kyler Murray. They have faced Trevor Lawrence twice. And they've done pretty well. It's pretty. It's a pretty strange stat. Wasn't expecting that, but uh, we'll get into Trey Lance in a little bit. Don't start Ty- Taylor Haneke in any format if you can avoid it because it looks like he and Kyle Allen are both going to play. Jared Goff is coming back this week. Josh Reynolds, though, on the COVID list. Darren Waller could practice this week. Basachi, excuse me, said he's hopeful for Waller. Arizona center Rodney Hudson is back. Cleveland getting very much, much healthier. I won't say very healthy, but much healthier ahead of their Monday night game at Pittsburgh. Jadavion Clowney, Troy Hill, Ronnie Harrison, Malik McDowell, four key players on defense all off the COVID list. So is offensive tackle Jedrick Wills. Bucks keep getting beat up. Luckily, they're facing the Jets this week, but they they will not have Shaq Barrett, their best pass rusher, out for the rest of the regular season with a knee injury. Uh, Baltimore cornerback Anthony Averett, he might not play this week against the Rams. The Colts offensive line is very beat up or on the COVID list or dealing with personal things. A lot of absences on the Colts offensive line. Uh, that's more or less it. Rams linebacker Ernest Jones left in the first quarter of their win last week. And they're at Baltimore this week. So let's go position by position here. Your top three priorities. Let's start with the quarterbacks, Jamie. 
Well, there are only three priorities, <laughs> so it's pretty easy. Um, I would put Trey Lance first, just with the potential upside of what he could do. Um, yes, they have not been very good. Uh, running quarterbacks have not been very good against them. But he's also, I think, more apt to run, you know, based on, I think, some of the things that we'll see by comparison to some veteran guys. Uh, so uh, he's run for at least 41 yards in the two significant appearances that he made in week four and week five uh, against Seattle and against Arizona. So I like that aspect. Um, and Houston has allowed uh, two of their last three opposing quarterbacks to get at least 18 points. We're not talking about, I think, a league winning type of quarterback situation here uh, in any of these guys. Josh Johnson would be second for me. Um, we don't know, obviously, what's happening with Lamar Jackson or Tyler Huntley for this week. Uh, you could put Huntley on this list also. His roster percentage is only 29%. Um, Josh Johnson is at 3%. So they're both well within the range of guys you could be looking to add. Whoever the starter is for the Ravens, I think, has, you know, certainly in a 14-team league, but even 12-team leagues. Um, I will be starting a Ravens starter in one of my finals. And then Davis Mills is the third guy. Um He's been good, you know, not mm -hmm. exactly a lot of uh, huge eruption games aside from when he shocked the Patriots earlier this season, but did have 22 points against the Chargers without Brandon Cooks. Maybe he gets Cooks back, and we know San Francisco, they're probably not going to have Mosley again, so there's an opportunity here for Davis Mills. You know I like some of these intangibles. Stanford kid going back to uh, Northern California. That should be fun for him. Did you consider Mac Jones against the Jaguars? I did until I saw that they put two defensive tackles on um, the COVID list, and after the way that they looked last week, if he throws it 15 times, I'd be surprised. <laughs> I'll take the over, but I get your point. Yeah, I'll say 20, 20 no more than 25. Um, and they're much worse against running backs than, well, they give up a lot of touch. Yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. He's going to run, run, run. Okay, so that's Trey Lance, Ravens quarterback, and Davis Mills. And Mills and Lance obviously facing each other. What did Trey Lance do in his one start earlier this year, he went 15 of 29, 192 yards, no touchdowns, one interception. He did have 89 rushing yards, scored only 13 fantasy points at Arizona. Um, you know, he's apparently had a much better month of practice, looks better. I don't know what else Kyle Shanahan would say, but um, yeah, all right. Trey, like, would you start Trey Lance or Russell Wilson? Russell Wilson. So all these guys are outside of my starting group of quarterbacks. Uh, Lance, I think I have at 13, Johnson at 14 as of now, Josh Johnson at 14, and Davis Mills is like around 17 or 18. And then can you give me a few guys that you'd start them over? If you have blank, you should be picking up Trey Lance. Tua, Tannehill. Um, Roethlisberger. Uh, I have the, the first two guys over Roethlisberger. I have Roethlisberger over Davis Mills. So if you want to consider Roethlisberger, you can too. Okay. All right, let's go to the running backs then. Your priorities at running back are... Uh, Boston Scott is one. Um, I think again, you know, if he starts, he's he's in. If if he starts with the other two guys out, he's there. You could probably put Jordan Howard too, just in the uh, potential scenario of him playing through the stinger and the the neck injury he's dealing with. But in terms of just teams, it's the Eagles guy one, Dario Gumbawale two, Rex Burkhead three, uh, Derek Gore four, and then I put Cam Akers five. Just. In the case, like, I wonder what the Rams would do if we get a COVID situation for Sony Michelle. And I hate saying it, but we got to be aware of it. Yeah. You know, what happens if he's, if, if Michelle has to miss any time? Would they go to Jake Funk or would they go to Cam Akers? You know, so um, I don't want to get to that scenario because Sony Michelle has been so good, but you got to be aware of it now. I want to get two other names in here that might be available. 
Uh, Jeff Wilson, something yep. like 66%. He would be the first guy to go get. Ahead of the Eagles guys? Yes. Uh, I have Jeff Wilson 13th in running backs this week, at running back this week. Yeah. <laughs> it's a hell of a matchup. You just you hope Elijah Mitchell, if you have Jeff Wilson, you hope Elijah Mitchell doesn't come back. So here's what um, here's what uh, Kyle Shannon said. Just I was looking for it this morning myself. Um, he said in regards to Elijah Mitchell this week, when asked about it, uh, quote, I think Elijah does have a chance this week. Elijah's made some Elijah's made more progress. He had a decent yet decent day yesterday. Still not totally out of the woods yet, but I'm hoping that he can go this week and I know he's got a chance. Okay. Keep that in mind. And uh what if uh what if Daryl Williams is out there? Williams would be uh the next guy to add behind Jeff Wilson if we're talking about both those guys. And then what if Jamal Williams is available? He's something like seventy six percent rostered. I would be shocked if Swift does not play this week, the fact that he was close. Uh, but I think just the combination of Williams and Reynolds is not something that very is very exciting to me, but I would probably take them ahead of Agumboale. I know I would. I have a rank that way. I would take Jamal Williams ahead of Agumboale and um, Rex Burkett. Are you hearing that crackling sound every now and then? That microphone? Is it, I, I'm sorry if people are hearing that. I, don't, I have no idea what that is. Could be mine. No, I, I don't think I don't know that it's yours. Uh, I can't blame Dave; he's not even here. So <laughs> Dave's equipment's on, and we don't know it. Uh, yeah, every now and then I'm hearing this sound, and I'm sorry. It's probably very annoying. If I knew how to fix it, I would. My apologies. All right. So to recap: quarterbacks, Trey Lance, Baltimore quarterbacks, and Davis Mills. Those are Jamie's top three priorities. Running backs: if Jeff Wilson's available, that's number one. Followed by Daryl Williams, if he's available, then it's the Eagles guys: Boston Scott ahead of Jordan Howard, just because we don't know if Howard's going to play. Agumba Wale, Burkhead, Derek Gore, Cam Akers. Um, those are the guys we're looking at this week. Wide receivers, who are the top three or four, or whatever. This is a more exciting position, uh, at least the way I, I, I would approach it. Isaiah McKenzie is one for me. Alan Lazard is two, and KJ Osborne is three. But they're also like the setup for Josh Palmer because we know Mike Williams is not coming back. We don't know about Jalen Guyton. Uh, and then I have Brashad Perryman at five. I think what uh, what the Bucks did with their receiving core against Carolina, uh, Brady probably would like to have somebody like Perryman back on the field to help out opposite Antonio Brown. Mike Evans, not only dealing with the hamstring injury, but was placed on the COVID list. I think you said that. Um, and Perryman, it's a revenge game for him. He was with the Jets in 2020. So, <laughs> uh, If Thielen and if Thielen and Beasley and Davis were out, right, uh, you would go with McKenzie over Osborne? I would. That's pretty interesting. The Oscars are so bad. You mean, look what Amaro St. Brown just did against them. Yeah, but the Packers, I mean, the Packers have been... They weren't so bad last week against the Browns, but they've given up a ton of big plays. They gave up huge games to Thielen and Jefferson four weeks ago, whatever that was. Osborne's got a little bit of a track record, at least, uh, when I Thielen's like out. Yeah. I like Lazard, too. I think I would... I would If MVS plays, I think MVS gets in this, this discussion against the Vikings. He, he absolutely does. You know, I, I want to go at some point this week, and this factors in with Austin Eckler, hopefully Travis Kelsey, but... I know exactly where you're going. I had the same thought. Go ahead. Terrible week of guys coming back from the COVID list. It's a trend. You know, someone sent me an email about that and really opened my eyes to it. And this was before last week. Uh, Aaron Rodgers struggled. Adams? Who? Devontae Adams. Did he struggle? Yeah. Uh, Keith looked this up yesterday. Nick Chubb's first game back from the COVID list was, was great, but it was against the Lions. 
Yeah, I, Madison really wasn't that good, you know? Nope. He didn't have a normal Madison game. It's, And I know Rodgers said he was very tired in that first game back. It, now we're getting a lot of players coming back from it, so we probably should be able to look into this a little bit more, but it, it's kind of a, a warning sign for sure. Guys coming back from I mean, COVID some of it I think struggling. you could say is circumstantial, you know, like Lockett, for example. He, he played his normal snaps, and targets were probably about the same, you know, maybe down a little bit from where he was before he went out, but it was in the snow. So how do you judge it? Sure. Right. Um, it's a, it's a lot to think about, I guess we'll, we'll try to, I guess we should try to look into it, break it down a little bit. Uh, all right. Tight ends. Who do we got? Uh, Everett is the best one. Uh, I think, you know, you just look at his track record and this is a fun stat that I saw. Uh, the lions, he's playing Detroit this week. The lions have allowed eight tight ends to score at least nine PPR points in their last five games alone. So if you tell me you're getting nine out of that, that's not bad for what the position is. He's actually scored 10 or more in four of his last five and three touchdowns over that span. And in those five games for Detroit, they've allowed three touchdowns. So uh, you saw last week, you know, Kyle Pitts had over 100 yards and, and Hayden Hurst scored a touchdown. So it's a, it's a pretty favorable matchup, I think. So Everett's worth buying into as a starter. Like I would start him over Kyle Pitts this week, just given Pitts' matchup. Um, Foster Moreau, if there is no Darren Waller again, like you alluded to, uh, Waller could practice this week. Um, but I think you look at what he's done the last two weeks, you know, he's, he's playing like the guy we thought we would get in the first three games when Waller was out, which we did not get. And then Cole Komet, I put third, uh, you know, you could put Tyler Conklin third, you could put uh, CJ Uzama third. Their targets have been nice in terms of, um, the targets were nice for, for Uzama, uh, you know, six or more in three of his last four games. And we know that uh, they'll probably be throwing a lot against Chiefs, and you know which whichever Chiefs uh, tight end defense shows up early in the season bad. Last you know few weeks very good, uh, but I think Cole Komet, you know at least the the floor has been safe, and the Giants allowed a tight end to score two of the last three games. That doesn't matter typically for him, but maybe this is the week he finds the end zone. <laughs> yeah, and so Everett, just to keep going to these matchups for for both of your top two guys, uh, Detroit has allowed fifty yards or a touchdown to nine tight ends in their last six games. Where at, and meanwhile, the Colts, where Foster Moreau will be, uh, 54 yards or a touchdown to a tight end in eight straight games. So Yes, yeah, uh, seven tight ends have scored at least 11 PPR points in their last eight games. Wow. All right, uh, so not terrible options this week. What about if you saw, saw like Jared Cook or Hunter Henry on the waiver wire? Uh, Henry makes me nervous just with the pass attempts. Like I said, I, I don't want to trust the, the Patriots passing game. Um Cook is interesting, yeah. I mean, you know, I think he's he's uh, definitely worth considering, but it's a tougher matchup. I know I know Denver somewhat struggled with Foster Moreau, but they've been so good against tight ends, so he makes me a little bit more nervous. Like, I would trust Everett and Moreau more so this week than I would Jericho. DSTs. Good week for DSTs? Uh, it's not bad. I mean, obviously, the, the ones that are the most rostered are in a little bit better shape, but uh, the Bears get the Giants. You know, we'll find out if it's going to be Jake Fromm again or Mike Lennon. My guess is it's Lennon, but I don't know if that necessarily matters. Uh, hopefully the Bears get Akeem Hicks back. That will help. Um, the Titans against the Dolphins. I just don't think the Dolphins' offense is scary enough that you can get away from the Titans' defense because they have been very good. If they can stop an opposing uh, first drive, uh, they'll be in good shape. And then the uh, Steelers, I think, have bounce-back potential against the Browns. We know the Browns, uh, certainly Baker Mayfield, his first game back from COVID was not very good on Christmas Day against the Packers with the uh, four interceptions. Oh, I want to talk a lot about DSTs right now, actually. Why save it till an hour into the show? So... Let me ask you about the, the teams that we liked last week and if you like them this week. San Francisco against Houston 
And Houston's actually been a pretty bad matchup for DSTs with Davis Mills at their quarterback. At, at quarterback. Um, so San Francisco against Houston, Philadelphia at Washington, and Miami at Tennessee. Would you stick with them or would you pivot? Um, so I probably have the 49ers ranked too high. I have them ahead of the Titans and Steelers. I'll probably drop them down. Um, cause I did that, I think prior to the end of the games on Sunday. So usually I go through it after, um, this morning and, and adjust that, um, the Eagles for sure. They're top three for me. Love the setup for them still against Washington. You heard Ron Rivera say yesterday that Kyle Allen could play if they're going to rotate quarterbacks. I think that's a disaster. So I think the Eagles defense is certainly in play. And then who's the third one? Dolphins. The Dolphins. Yeah. Yeah, I, I still stick with the Dolphins. I mean, no Julio Jones, no Nick Westbrook. The defense has been fantastic. You know, matchups have played into it, but they're still worth starting. Who do you like better, Dolphins or Titans in that matchup? Uh, currently the Titans, but that may change. Okay. Yeah, the Titans have been a pretty good matchup lately, but a lot of that's been without A.J. Brown. But they have allowed four sacks in three straight games, so we'll see if they can get their offensive line healthy. Miami has 14 sacks in its last two games, eight last night, 22 sacks in its last four games. Um, so their pass rush is coming alive, and they get a lot of sacks from their defensive backs. Uh, what about Seattle against Detroit? 69% rostered. And uh, Detroit this is another team that gotten better offensively, kind of like Houston when golf has played. Uh, Detroit, like, do you like Seattle this week? I still do, but not as much. Uh, obviously, it'd be better if it was uh, Tim Boyle, but they're still within that uh, starting range. I, I think you can buy into you know, hopefully them limiting the passing game to whatever extent they have been because that's been kind of their calling card lately. And I think they'll get after Jared Goff enough. So, again, Jared Goff coming off the COVID list. We'll see what happens there. Sure. And would, so of all the DSTs I've mentioned, it seems like the Eagles are the highest. Are the Bears the, – are the, where are the Bears? Let me just ask that. Bears are top 10 for me. Um, okay. You know, I think, again, you're banking on the Giants offense, just how bad they've been, no matter who the quarterback has been for the most part. Delay so. up. To lay up. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. They're, they're, I think, the the, the target of, of the teams who are available, widely available. Right. The Giants. Right. The Bears. Yeah. Oh, the Bears. The, right. Targeting the team facing the Giants. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and then Kansas City. You know, boy, does Cincinnati look a lot different right now after that explosion in week 16. But the Chiefs have been great lately. The only time recently that they weren't great was when they went on the road. They basically played at home for the last two months. Uh, but they go on the road at the Chargers a couple weeks ago weren't great. How do you feel about them at Cincinnati? Um, I don't want to start them. I have them just outside the starting group. Like I have them behind the 49ers, for example, uh, behind the Dolphins, behind the Steelers, behind the Titans. You know, it's it's a very good team, but they're facing a very good team too. All right, that's Chiefs. And then one more, the Colts, 70% rostered, pretty solid lately. How do you feel about the Colts against the Raiders? I like them. Um, you know, I think you're looking at Derek Carr with the rib injury. And if he takes a shot to the ribs, you know, who knows what that means? Does Mariota come in? Is he better? Is he worse? Uh, Colts are obviously really banged up. So take that into account. But in their building, I think, you know, they, they smell blood right now. They, they're looking like one of the stronger playoff teams. It's a shame what the start of their season was. But that defense has been a big reason why. I mean, think about what they did against the Cardinals. I know it wasn't a lot of fantasy points, but they were down three starters. You know, we'll find out, you know, if uh, I don't know if Leonard will be able to clear the protocols um, and Willis in the back end. Uh, I think Rockison is out, but it's still just uh, a unit right now is playing great. The past defense has just gotten so much better. So um, 
Uh, sorry, got distracted here. Uh, yeah, all right, let's move on. All those DSTs. And, I mean, are, can you imagine having to drop? Would you drop the Dolphins for the Bears? Coming off of that I performance? Would. Yeah, it's wild. All right, and kickers. Who are your favorite kickers? Uh, Brett Maher gets a home game against the Panthers. I hope their quarterback situation will be better for the Saints. Uh, Mike Badgley for the Colts gets the home game indoors against the Raiders. And Randy Bullock against the Dolphins, home game there. Hopefully the weather is fine in Tennessee. Yep, got to keep an eye on the weather this week. And, uh, and next week if you play in a week 18. Week 18, what a strange thing to say. Uh, yeah. We're going to take a break here. And when we come back, we'll talk about Miami and New Orleans. What a boring game. Wow. All right, Miami, New Orleans, plus more waiver wire when we come back. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. Welcome back, everybody. This is Fantasy Football Today. This is your Week 17 Waiver Wire edition. We'll go through all the names. I'm going to bring up a few more, like maybe Jarrett Patterson or something like that. Uh, Jamie can dismiss them. That's fine. But we'll bring them up just to be dismissed. And let's start with Miami and New Orleans here. Miami 20, New Orleans 3. What happened to Devontae Parker? Did he play? <laughs> I don't know. There were a few targets, a few opportunities. Um, I, don't think he, I don't think he got a target. Uh, there was definitely one that was a penalty. Okay, so he played. Uh, it was a sideline target to him where it was thrown out of bounds. So it wasn't catchable even if it was not a penalty. Are you but, sure you're yeah. not thinking of Waddle, the, the deep ball? No, there was definitely a target to, to Parker. That was a penalty. Okay. Yeah, it was a penalty. All right, so no official targets for Devontae Parker. Correct. Uh, that, that is wild. How many, I, how many snaps did he play? He played 71% of the snaps and did not get one target. That is wild. I don't even know what to make of that. <laughs> do you drop him? Do you start him this week against Tennessee? What, what, do, you, like, what do you do? Uh, so the, the topic I have for, uh, for Dave and Heath on HQ today is, uh, are there any dolphins you're trusting aside from Jalen Waddle? And the answer for me is no. So, um, if you have to drop Devonte Parker, go ahead. Who's picking him up to start him in their championship week. It is not an easy matchup against the Titans. And so, uh, no, I, I, I didn't like him going into the week. You know, I thought he was going to struggle because of Lattimore. Um, I think they moved Lattimore either around or. Um, he stuck to one side because he was on Waddle a little bit, but I think they moved him around if I saw correctly. Um, in any event, uh, I didn't like the matchup against Lattimore because he, he tends to do well against receivers like this, and I didn't think Tua was going to have to throw him as much because of the offense he was facing. So, um, yeah, yeah, Parker was a huge disappointment for anybody who started. And really, we don't have to spend much time on the running backs. Phillip Lindsay and Duke Johnson both getting 13 carries. Miles Gaskin, three carries, one catch. Uh, and it was a tough matchup. We knew it wouldn't be good. You did see Duke Johnson and Philip Lindsay both in at the goal line. Neither of them scored, but you just the Titans are, are number one against running backs, so not going to trust them. Nope. And Waddle's so interesting. I want to see the updated Twitter poll results. After an initial typo, I, I reposted the tweet. I am so bad at tweeting. I just should just take five seconds to proofread. Uh, but I said, who would you rather have on your NFL team Jalen Waddle or Devontae Smith? 
And whenever oh, I do this in the middle of a... Waddle. Yeah, right. I knew it was going to be lopsided. 80% Waddle. 20% Smith. I, um, I'll see you know, where it ends up long-term, but like that was one decision I had in the Dynasty League, and I took Devontae Smith. And I regret it, obviously, right now. <laughs> well, I, you know, Waddle is just... He can't be a star if he's just running five-yard routes. I don't know exactly. He can be a star for fantasy, though. He can be a PPR star, yeah. But he's obviously he's going to develop. He's going to grow. Uh, but Smith, I wouldn't be surprised at all if Smith were better than Waddle. I think this poll was way too lopsided. They're just playing completely different roles on completely different offenses. Um, for sure. And there is a quarterback out there that could change the fate of both of these guys, uh, and that's Deshaun Watson, if one of them decides to jump into that pool and make a trade for him. And that could you know, change the outlook for either one in a good way or potentially in a, in a bad way. But, um, you know, I, I would think that at this point it looks like their quarterbacks are in place, but you just never know because they were interested in Watson. If he gets cleared, do they make a trade? You see who's got higher yards per target. Oh, Devontae Smith has a, has a significantly higher yards per target. Not that I'm saying that that... I just think it's interesting. I'm not saying that's a be-all, end-all, but Devontae Smith's at 8.7 yards per target. Jalen Waddell is at 7.5. Jalen Waddell is averaging 9.8 yards per catch, and Devontae Smith, 14.2. Devontae Smith has a 13.7 ADOT, and Jalen Waddell, 7.1. I mean, that's just so different than what he was in college. He's just not a playmaker right now. Not a not a big playmaker. He makes plays in a different sense. But he's not Jarvis Landry and he he's kind of has that profile. It's weird. But Tua doesn't throw the ball down. They're just conservative offense. And they're boring as hell. But good for they them. I'm rooting for them. I really am. I like them, but they're so boring. They are the first team in NFL history to lose seven in a row and win seven in a row in the same Maybe. season. Uh, what do you think of Kamara? He had 13 carries, two catches. He had 59 total yards. So, again, if Book is starting, can you trust Alvin Kamara against the Panthers? Um, obviously, oh. you're going to start him. Well, it's a much different opponent. I, yeah, I don't, I don't know that I'm going to start him if Ian Book is starting. I'm hoping that Ian Book wouldn't. I would yeah, start still, an Eagles running back over Kamara, I think. Yeah, I'd still start him. It, it, the, and, you know, hopefully, they get their tackles back, too. That's a big part of it. You know, not having yes. Armstead or Ramchek was, was tough. Um, but yeah, I, I, I would not be surprised if they go to Blake Bortles if they can't get Taysom Hill back or Trevor Simeon back. That yeah, was not a, not a pretty Ian book does not look like an NFL quarterback. <laughs> no, I'm not, you know, you can't be too shocked, right? Thrust in the fire. I mean, what we've if, seen some, some youngsters come in and play much better. What if, not Jake Fromm, what if they had convinced Drew Brees? They tried. Or uh, Rivers. Forget Rivers. Like, how great would that have been if Drew Brees... Had played in that game. It would have been pretty cool. Ah, would have been awesome. Okay, back to the waiver wire. I'll give you some names that might be available that are rostered in more than 65% of leagues. I'll just give you one, actually. Carson Wentz. Any interest in him against the Raiders this week? Um, yes, I think he's in that same range as um, of Davis Mills and Josh Johnson and, uh, and Trey Lance. You know, So 13 to 15, low-end starter. Okay, so if you saw Lance and Wentz, hot quiz, hot, pop quiz, hot shot. <laughs> I would take the upside of, of Lance, but it's not by much. Okay. And I just think, you know, the concern with Wentz is always, is he just going to throw 22 times? Because Jonathan Taylor... Yeah. He threw 28 
last week, and that was kind of a lot for him. They've won eight of their last 10 games, and in those eight wins, Carson Wentz has more than 30 pass attempts only once and more than 26 pass attempts three times in eight wins in their last 10 games. And I think they'll beat the Colts. I mean, the Raiders. You're not interested in Mac Jones. All right, so we'll go back to the running backs. And Jeff Wilson would be number one for you. Yes. Daryl Williams would be number two if he's available. Yes. Boston Scott and Jordan Howard. It's weird. I know we're being repetitive. I just want to make sure everybody's got it and memorized it and knows what to do here. You're going Scott ahead of Howard because you think Scott is healthier and you know Howard's got the stinger. But if they both were healthy, both were playing, you would rank Howard ahead of Scott, right? I would rank Howard ahead of Scott, yes. Okay. As I mentioned, in their last eight games, Eagles running backs are averaging 30.5 carries per game, 153 rushing yards, 1.1 touchdowns. Uh, Miles Sanders carried 18 times for 131 yards against Washington two weeks ago. They ran The running backs ran for 200 yards against Washington two weeks ago. So there should be some... Yeah, just those two guys. Uh, just Sanders and Howard, yeah. Um, all right, uh, let's see. Who else is in the mix? So Daria Gumbawale. All right, let me see if I have some, some good stuff here on what to expect if they get blown out. Because I did look this up. Uh, it, James Robinson in blowouts. Seven games in which they lost by 14 or more points. I think they're 15-point underdogs. Uh, he had only two games in those seven with more than 30 rushing yards. Only three games with more than eight carries. In uh, he, he did, But he was kind of splitting with Carlos Hyde, but there weren't a ton of carries in, in a lot of these games. Did he catch the ball? Yeah, three, not really. So it's a bad game script. Uh, bad setup for a Goomba Wale. Plus, he's Dario Goomba Wale. Yeah. So where's he, where's he ranked for you right now? Uh, 30th in PPR. Okay. Would you start Michael Carter or Dario Goomba Wale? Michael Carter. Even against the Bucks. Even against the Bucks. Okay. And then Rex Burkhead. You like a Goomba Wale better than Burkhead? I like a Goomba Wale better than Burkhead. He's 31. <laughs> Niners run defense has been really good lately. Yep. And I think, you know, it's, it's again, you like the Chargers run defense. I get it. Um, he was awesome. He was fantastic. And even Royce Freeman ran well. Freeman had a touchdown call back in that game as well. Uh, it's, it's the second time this season that Burkett has scored a touchdown. I know he scored twice, but second game where he scored a touchdown. And only the third time this season he's been above eight PPR points. Yeah. So the track record just suggests that this is not a very good rushing team. No, he's getting a lot of touches lately, but this was the first time he really did anything with them. And then Derek Gore would be toward the bottom and Cam Akers as well. So we'll play yes. the if these guys are available game. Michael Carter, where do you have him ranked this week? So assuming Wilson and Williams are available as well? Sure. Uh, Wilson, Daryl Williams, Michael Carter. Eagles running back or Michael Carter? Um, so if Howard plays, I would go Howard, Carter, Scott. Uh, Scott over Carter if he's by himself. I just think Carter's more in the flex range. I don't want to buy into what he did against the Jaguars and say that he's completely back to being a must-start guy. Justin Jackson, 74% rostered. Well, with Eckler back now, it doesn't necessarily mean you want to trust him. So Eckler's off the COVID list. So Justin Jackson is, should not be a priority. Originally, when I was when I was giving you the list of 
the check to see if available guys, he was on it because of his roster percentage. But you know, I, I don't, I don't think anybody should be looking at because if Eckler plays, he's Jackson's a, a still flex option. Like I, I think he's in that conversation if you need a flex, but you know, I would rather go get these other guys. Sure. Instead, Jamal Williams, you th- you think Swift's going to play this week? I think there's a chance Swift plays this week, but you have to assume that he's not. So I would, if you tell me it's Jamal Williams, Dario Gumbawale, and Rex Burkhead as the top three guys, then I would take Jamal Williams. You know, it's really interesting. The, the Seahawks, so I talked about this on Sunday, right? They, they have a very good run defense. They give up 3.75 yards per carry to running backs. That's really good. And we see it time and time again. It te- guys have trouble running on them for the most part. Uh, but they're terrible in the passing game. Most yards allowed, most receiving yards allowed to running backs. Who is that guy for them? Is it Williams? Is it Reynolds? Reynolds had the three catches, but I think Williams was in more on third down. And uh, the other thing that I didn't know until yesterday, the Seahawks have seen the most running back carries in the NFL. So that's probably probably because they're last in time of possession. But I'll, they, get, they get run on a lot. It's not the most efficient thing, but it's a ton of carries and the most receiving yards. So that's why it's an appealing matchup. But a Swift would obviously screw things up. Uh, any interest in Keyshawn Vaughn at the well, Jets? Screw things up. I think some people would like to have Swift back for their championship again. <laughs> For the waiver wire discussion, yes, but you're right. Yeah. Uh, Keyshawn Vaughn or Amir Abdullah? Vaughn at the Jets, Abdullah facing New Orleans on the road. Uh, I'd probably still lean toward Abdullah, but it's a crapshoot. You know, Vaughn was, I guess Vaughn is probably safer. So yeah, go Vaughn. Why trust the Panthers? Uh, Jarrett Patterson against the Eagles. I didn't see anything on Antonio Gibson. I assume they just pulled him because of the score. Yes, I think he's fine. So no interest in Jarrett Patterson. Okay. But it's funny because you. The guys you asked about, and I'll throw another one in there. I have it ranked right now. Uh, Keyshawn Vaughn, Royce Freeman, Amir Abdullah, Jared Patterson. <laughs> okay. All right, so let's go to the wide receivers here. I don't know what to make of Amandra St. Brown's roster percentage. It's 77%. He's the number four wide receiver in fantasy over the last four games. Uh, do you like him this week against Seattle, which has allowed three touchdowns to wide receivers in their last 11 games, two of them to Cooper Cup? I think he's matchup proof at this point. <laughs> you know, it's, he's quarterback proof too. I couldn't believe it, and now Reynolds is out, or on the COVID list probably out. I could, I couldn't believe that game from St. Brown. I can't, yeah, I can't um, doubt him anymore. You know, Dave, Dave said he he moved him back up in his ranking. So kudos to him for adjusting when Swift was out. You know, so take that into account. If Swift does return, but I don't think it matters at this point. I mean, I think he's just so locked in. Um, it's funny because like. I had him on so many leagues. I don't know if you remember our, our conversation post-draft um, and certainly going into the season. He was one of my favorite, you know, under-the-radar rookies because of the landing spot. Yeah. Just, oh, yeah. You talked about him a lot. Yeah. Um, and you wouldn't shut up about him. <laughs> no, just I did. I did like him. I'm just and you know, I, I drafted him in a lot of spots and then obviously dropped him in a lot of spots, unfortunately. But he's been better than I could have anticipated. I mean, this is – they have – you know, like the things when you see these bad teams, and I know like for the Giants, you didn't get a chance to see this, for example, with like a guy like Kadarius Tony. Um, you kind of know, but you don't know. You know, so like you want to see these bad seasons. Like what, what do you have moving forward? And so he's not a number one receiver, Amaro St. Brown, but he's certainly in the top three. You know, so I think if they can feel comfortable with Josh Reynolds as their third guy, Amaro St. Brown as their second guy, you know, as, as basically their slot receiver, and then they go find an alpha, uh, it's a pretty good offense you know, that they have in place because the offensive line is good. Um, the receiving core is good. If you bind to Jared Goff, then, you know, that's your, you know, probably your biggest dilemma. But 
Uh, good run game, good 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 receiving core potentially. There there's there's a lot to like about where Detroit is headed. Got a question in the chat: Amonra St. Brown or Amari Cooper this week? Amonra St. Brown. All right, Tyler Boyd is another guy. I'll you tell can, you, I, I okay. struggle with Amonra St. Brown. So just just to let you know, um, right now he's ranked thirteenth uh, for me. But the guys I have in front of him that I'm struggling with, the two Bengals guys, and Keenan Allen. Uh, <laughs> I can't say Keenan Allen. He's just oh, I can't either. But like I have him ranked right now, St. Brown ahead of Deontay Johnson, ahead of both Cowboys. Um, Beckham, I love because of the matchup. Um, Pittman, Renfro, Beckham. You have a, you have Beckham ahead of him. No, I have Marvin St. Brown ahead of Beckham. Yeah, yeah, right. I the uh, the Bengals guys are really interesting. It's you don't want to be too too influenced by last week, but but that's Beckham's matchup this week. You're saying yeah, so. Yeah, all right. I mean, he's a must start. Hopefully, he can start all those guys. Um, okay. So, it, who was it that had a bad game recently against? Uh, yeah, there's a lot against of a lot of guys. No, against the Seahawks. But forget it. They, they they are really good against wide receivers. But like you said, matchup proof. All right, Tyler Boyd facing the Chiefs, who have also been very good against wide receivers. But recently, Renfro had 117 yards and a touchdown. Keenan Allen, 78 yards and a touchdown. Those are slot guys. You like Boyd this week? See, he's the one that you don't want to buy into because of how he's been getting it done. You know, two long touchdowns for him in the last uh, four games, I think it is. Um, that's the concern, you know, for him because he just hasn't been getting a lot of targets. But this game, uh, do you have the over-under in front of you? If not, I can look it up. No, I don't have it. Um, I'll tell you in a second. Um, Bengals, Chiefs. The, the oh. over-under is probably going to be pretty significant, I would imagine. Oh, it's actually not that bad. It's only 47. Well, 49 on Caesars. Um, I would have thought it'd be in the 50s. I was going to guess so 49 and a Huh? I was going to guess 49 and a half. Yeah. So they're obviously buying into these defenses. Um, and so... Can the can the Bengals offense still have success against what the Chiefs have been doing to opposing teams lately? That's the question. All right, so the wide receivers that Jamie likes off the waiver wire, and they're pretty much all dependent on somebody else being out. But it's Isaiah McKenzie, who had 11 catches for 125 yards and a touchdown on 12 targets at New England, facing the Falcons. Alan Lazard, who should have had a two-touchdown game, but he gets Minnesota, and they give up the most fantasy points to wide receivers. Now, if MVS comes back, this could change things for sure. K- same with Beasley and Gabe Davis for uh, Buffalo. KJ Osborne, 54% rostered. We know he's been pretty solid when Thielen's been out. He faces Green Bay. And Josh Palmer, really tough matchup. And uh, he's got Denver. But when Keenan Allen was out two weeks ago or three weeks ago, whatever it was, he had a touchdown. When Mike Williams was out last week, he scored a touchdown. Mike Williams is out this week, right? You said that? Mike Williams is definitely out this week, yes. Brandon Staley ruled him out. And uh, Palmer's got a chance. He's 13% rostered. Uh, and Brashad Perryman, kind of a deep flyer. If MVS plays, would you rather have MVS or Lazard? If MVS plays, I would rather have MVS. Elijah Moore. You and I chatted about this before the show. He's 60% rostered. He's eligible to play this week. He'd be facing the Bucks, but you don't think he's going to play. I just, you know, the quote I sent you from Robert Sala was he hasn't had a lot of practice time, essentially is what he said, um, because of the COVID-19 protocols. So 
you know, being placed on the list, plus the fact that he's coming back from the injury. Uh, you know, why are they risking him at this point? Oh, man, well, I'd love to see him back out there, but probably not going to have Elijah Moore. So, look, you're facing one team this week. You don't have to make waiver claims on everybody. Just kind of something to monitor. Maybe more comes back. He's been so good. He's right. Played- the thing that you're you're looking at, I think, for a lot of fantasy managers, like I know this impacted me and I ended up losing, but, you know, you could have survived. And uh, unfortunately for me, it was two on the same team. Like I lost James Robinson and Miles Sanders in one semifinal. So um, it's the only one that I was sweating going into last night. And it was like I was going to I was up. In a, it's a very heavy defensive league. So I was up. Uh, 22 points going against the Dolphins. And the minute uh, I saw the pick six, I was like, nope, there's no chance. Um, <laughs> they didn't even, it wasn't back. even close. Huh? How many points did they score in that league? They scored 38. I don't. Who scored more points this week, the Cowboys or the Dolphins? I think it was the Dolphins. It's probably the Dolphins. I mean, they had, what, eight sacks? Eight sacks, yeah. And, but the Cowboys two had two touchdowns. They had the block punt, too. Um, Crazy. So, yeah, so like... In that league, for example, so like we do a consolation game. So like I'm scrambling for running back help, you know, losing Sanders and losing um, and Robinson, you know. So you have that aspect of it for your own teams if you're trying to replace those guys. But this also comes into play. You know, we have a lot of questions about playing defense as a fantasy manager. You know, like in your case, Adam, if you're, you know, you have more fab uh, to spend than Heath Cummings, you can prevent him from getting the player that he needs. Yeah. You know, so this is where that, that strategy comes into play. Uh, some other names to consider, maybe for deeper leagues. Antoine Wesley has been kind of involved for the Cardinals facing Dallas. Uh, any interest in Kendrick Bourne or Jacoby Myers against the Jaguars? You're going to say no because of the pass attempts. I just don't think they're going to throw or yeah. have to. Well, what about Laquan Treadwell? If you, you, you get those 10 PPR fantasy points, 9, 10 PPR fantasy points? He can. Um, you know, it was it was interesting to see how much Marvin Jones was involved. Again, uh, what they did with Tavon Austin without LaVisca Chenault on the field. So they're probably going to be throwing a lot, but no, not against the Patriots. Yeah, I mean... You I, know, I, this was like week 12, and we're dealing with bye weeks. Right, right. You know, then these guys become more interesting. The reason I only did the five receivers that I, that I gave you were because I think those are all potential starters. With Perryman, more of a big-time dart throw, but I think, you know... Brady would like to have a veteran guy back out there that he can somewhat rely on. And uh, Zay Jones is getting a lot of targets lately for the Raiders. He was, he was another one that I considered. But Brian Edwards is on the COVID list. And so, you know, he has at least seven targets in three straight games. Uh, two of those games, he has 11 or more PPR points. But again, you're in your fantasy championship. Are you trusting Zay Jones? <laughs> no. No. I, there have been some weeks where I've needed a wide receiver and I've been saying, what? This is what's available? So that's why we throw out a guy like Zay Jones who maybe yep. can get you 10 to 15 PPR fantasy points or something. All right, tight ends, not so bad this week, I'd say. Gerald Everett, 32% rostered. That's number one for Jamie. Lions are a great matchup. Foster Moreau, 46%. He's number two. Colts wanna, are a great I matchup. I got a quick uh, Gerald Everett story for you. So luckily I survived, but two leagues where I lost Travis Kelsey. All week long I'm debating and, and ranking as well. Uh, Ricky Seals-Jones or Gerald Everett. Ricky Seals-Jones, Gerald Everett. And then when Locke came back, I was like, okay, I'm going to stick with Ricky Seals-Jones because Heineke's back, and he had seven targets the week before, so maybe the hip injury, you know, it was a shake-the-rust-off game. Then he got the seven targets with Garrett Gilbert. Okay, he's he's locked in. They're probably chasing points against the Cowboys. And so Sunday morning, I said to David Heath, I go, man, I'm so torn on ranking this, whatever. And Heath goes, I like Ricky Seals-Jones better. Dave, like, Dave says, I like Everett better. I said, you know, I'm leaning that way too. And Dave goes, don't you dare change it. 
you're stuck. You, you, you've made your decision <laughs> earlier. Like, don't change it. He goes, this is where you always get in trouble, right? I'm like, yes, I always get in trouble when I change it. And so I stuck with Ricky Seals Jones. And I'm watching the game and Gerald Everett scores. I'm like, oh, this is going to cost me. I know it's going to cost me. So pissed off it's going to cost me. Now, thankfully, I survived. Um, Ooh, that's but, a good feeling. That but, just survived. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was annoying. There was another league where I did that too, um, where a uh, 10-team league, someone uh, mistakenly or purposely, I don't know, but frustrating, dropped Kyler Murray during the season when he was hurt. Um, and so I picked up Kyler Murray, but I have Josh Allen. And so I was playing that manager. And... Again, torn all week long between those two guys. And so I was like, uh, what made me sway it that I put Kyler Murray in? Oh, it was the injuries, uh, the Colts injuries. So last minute I changed it. I changed it to Kyler Murray. I was like, that's significant enough. No Willis, no Leonard, no Rockison. Um, Cardinals are home. Line switched. They were favored. You know, went from uh, one-point underdogs to three-point favorites. So I'm like, okay, Vegas thinks they'll, they'll play well. And so I played Kyler. I was like, okay, I got a safe 22 points. I'm yeah. good. And then I'm watching the Josh Allen game, and I'm going against Burrow. <laughs> I scored the most points in the history of the league. Wow. Would have had more. Well, it's, it's a little, little asterisk because we switched from non-PPR to PPR. Oh, okay, the, okay. the league I played in the longest, but uh, first time anybody's gone over 200 points in that league. And, and the, the person I played against scored 180. And, wow, it's pretty good. Uh, Jamie's not going to say this, so I'll say it for him. He made 10 finals. That's really incredible. And I've been looking at our leagues, and I'm seeing a lot of uh, Dave, Jamie, Heath, Chris, Adam in the playoffs and in the finals. So uh, I think we did pretty well this year. I'm, I'm proud yeah, of you Yeah, you made two. Congratulations to you. Um, Both podcast in leagues. The, in the podcast league, yeah. That was, uh, that was a tough one. You know, I feel bad for my, my partner that I share the team with, Todd Rones. Uh, I think I've said this story before. Um, so Todd's made two years in a row very generous donations to our uh, draft-a-thon for St. Jude's. And so as a thank you, I've shared the team with him in our podcast league. And we had, I think we were the one seed, right? Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, we, we, had, we had a great team. Um, quarterback was kind of our issue. Your team got hot at the right time getting A.J. Brown back. And so congratulations to you for, uh, for knocking us out. Uh, is there a consolation game or no? Uh, I haven't set one up. I, there can be. It's okay. Uh, you don't have to. But, like, we, we uh, yeah, we got caught with um, uh, the – we went with Tua and then Matt Ryan. It was just not not good. We ended up benching Waddle for Russell Gage. That was a bad move. I think you would have beat us anyway, though. But I had the Dolphins DST. I think I won by 50 or something. It was, yeah. yeah. Uh, and now I've knocked off the three seed and the one seed. I'm coming for the two seed, Heath Cummings. You better I, watch uh, out. I did something similar in the matchup that you lamented two weeks ago where I knocked you off in the IDP league. So I knocked off the, the three seed and the one seed. And so, uh, as the six seed, so you, call, you get the two seed now. Um, I don't know what Adam Pfeffer is. He was. He probably is the two seed. Yeah. No, I think no, Heath was. Heath was. was. Heath was yeah, right. I think he was the three. Okay. He beat Heath. Oh, uh, all right. Um, <laughs> just some more tight ends to know. Cole Komet. Uh, Tyler. No, you had to be the three seed. So he was probably the. I was the four. three seed. Yeah. All right, so IDP's a little shaken up. Uh, Tyler Conklin at Green Bay. CJ Uzama against ball up against uh Kansas City. Uh but really you're looking at you're looking at Everett and Moreau as the prizes this week. And the DSTs are Bears, Titans, Steelers. Yeah, those are the top ones. The Bears in particular. Uh and there's one other tight end if you're just totally desperate and there's nobody out there is Mo Alley Cox has a chance this week. Not um, a bad one. Against the Raiders, they stink against tight ends. And, we should um, yeah. just for people that are watching talk more a little about the 49ers with Jimmy Garoppolo, Trey Lance. Okay, 
Go like on. What to do there? Like, can you still trust Kittle, Ayuk, and Debo as a receiver to the same level? I think you can. I don't really trust Ayuk right now. Well, you said this, and the Texans certainly are worth keeping an eye on because they surprise the, the Chargers. If they score, and we've seen the yeah. secondary give up plays. Right, you, you need the Niners to throw for Ayuk to have a good game. That's basically the story. And I don't think they're going to because he, if, Lance, if Lance is playing, he's probably not going to throw that much no matter what the score is because he's just going to run. I think he ran 16 times in his start. And if Garoppolo plays, then they'll probably pummel the Texans. I mean, I think they're going to beat them any beat them pretty good anyway. But, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I haven't done any research or anything like that. But my first thought I have is... I have you currently ranked behind uh, the top three guys that we mentioned on the waiver wire. McKenzie, yeah. Lazard, and Osborne. Yeah, okay. I have them ahead of Palmer and ahead of Perryman Ray. Right, and no one's sitting Kittle, and no one's sitting Debo. And Will Brinson has Debo Samuel, Cooper Cup, and Devontae Adams on one team, and that is insane. His, and Najee Harris, and Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> wow, yeah. Yeah. He, the uh, did I ever tell you that story? What happened? No. Rap, we'll finish the show with this. Okay, so uh, Will Brinson and Pete Prisco are very uh, friendly rivals in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, there's a lot, of, uh, a lot of banter that goes back and forth via text, via in person. Um, they're very, very, uh, very prideful in individuals. And so <laughs> Pete did not have a very good season in our fantasy football today league. Will was undefeated at the time. He's finished the season with one loss, was the one seed and advanced to the finals. So um, the week that Pete was playing against uh, Will, he had a great week. Will had a bad week. Pete did not change his lineup for, I think, the two, two of the three weeks that Kyler Murray was out because he had given up at that point. Then he forgot to put Kyler Murray back in in the week that he returned when he played Will. I think he had Taylor Heineke. So Murray had a good week that week. I forgot what week it was. And I said as a joke, hey, let's put Kyler in your lineup during the middle of the games um, <laughs> to make it look like you're beating, beating Will. So Will mentioned via text, uh, wow, Pete, you're, you're actually having a good week. Not that you're going to beat me, but you're having a good week. And Pete's like, no, I might, I might beat you. I'm gonna, I might catch you this week. And he's like, oh, when did you put Kyler in? I didn't even notice that. He goes, oh, I did it right before the games. Jamie convinced me to do it. So then Will, because he's a smart guy, he went and looked and saw the transactions where it shows in red that the commissioner made a change. <laughs> and he goes, this is BS. I'm going to tweet how bad of a commissioner you are. You don't want me to go undefeated in an analyst league. And just uh, was very funny about it. But I think he was also a little annoyed by it because his undefeated season was getting ruined. So I was like, well, calm down. We were only joking with you. It's no, no big deal. We're going to put back his quarterback. It was just to see if you were paying attention and, and, and tap some fun. Uh, well, sure enough, Taylor Heineke did enough for Pete, and he ended up beating him. So the only loss that he has on his season against the worst team in the league. Yeah, I lost to that stupid Prisco team when he started like two players on a bye. That, that was in week 12 or something. That was embarrassing. Uh, so at least I'm not the only one who lost to Pete. All I right. think that was another Thanks, week everyone. where Pete was like, I'm going to try this week because I want to beat Azer. I, probably, but he'd still, even with trying, he still started either a player on a bye or injury or something like that. He still had a couple of zeros in the lineup and he beat me. It was a real... He drafted a good team, too, which is a shame. That's, sometimes that's the way it works. Good luck, everybody. We'll talk to you tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern, youtube.com slash fantasy football today. See ya.